Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my friend, Selena Chang. Hey Selena, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. <laughs> thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh no, it, it is my honor to have you on. Um, I will say it's a little bit belated that I've asked you to be on. Um, I feel like I've gone through, you know, our network of people, right? But then also at the same time, I've delayed yours because um, you were on David Shin's, uh, I hope they hear this podcast, two yeah. times. And I yeah. felt like, you know, like, maybe I should try to find another nurse. But then I was like... But I don't know any other nurse practitioners. Mm, yeah, this will definitely be a lot different from the podcast that I did with David. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to like hear more about what it is to be a nurse practitioner. So without yeah. any further introduction, um, Selena, what do you do? So that's kind of a loaded question, but um, right now I am a cardiac nurse practitioner. So I'm a... I'm actually a family nurse practitioner that works for a cardiology group. Mm -hmm. um, so my degree is technically, um, I have a family nurse practitioner degree, but I work in cardiology, which is like a specialty. So technically my degree is not necessarily geared towards cardiology nurse practitioning. Yeah. Okay, so you, but really you could do any kind of, like you said family, so like it's kind of a general thing? Yeah, so the reason why I chose FMP or family nurse practitioner is because um, it is the broadest out of all of the specialties that you can choose as a nurse practitioner. Um, so when you go to school, you learn about kids, adults, um, elderly, um, and I, but most family nurse practitioners go primary care route because that's where you see the family. I see. Um, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to have to just, you know, pretend like I know nothing because I know zero things. Yes, um, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let's start from like, why, what is the difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner? That is the number one question I get asked in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because people are like, oh, you went to school to be a nurse practitioner. What does that even mean? Um, and I think it's really important for me to constantly remember that I was a nurse first because the mission of nursing is so important in why I became a nurse practitioner. So first of all, a nurse is a, um, so a registered nurse, they typically their, their day looks like passing meds, um, carrying out patient care, this, that's mostly in the hospital, um, patient, carrying out patient care, um, kind of just doing whatever is ordered by the doctor or the APP, which is an advanced practicing provider, which is what I am. Um, so, and then a nurse practitioner, we can diagnose, prescribe, um, kind of do, we get to, we have more autonomy in our care. So we get to, um, I don't want to say like tell the nurses what to do, but kind of guide the patient's care and the nurses are the ones who carry out that care. care. I see. Okay. So, I mean, mm, okay, excuse my ignorance. No, it's okay. <laughs> so like, you know, I know there's things like PAs, right? Yes. Like, um, okay. I always 
botch physician. How do you say that? Physician's assistant. Thank you. Oh my yes, God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, like, what is that different too? So, they are under the umbrella of, of advanced practicing providers. Okay. So I actually work alongside of PAs too. Okay. We we have the same role in my in the um, private practice that I work for. So it depends on what kind of nurse practitioner you are, what, um, where you specialize in and same with PAs, like where you specialize in, but NPs and PAs technically have similar roles. Um, but their background is a lot different. Like my background is in nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that PAs, they have a more medical background. Um, not to say that nurse practitioners don't get the schooling that is necessary in order to carry out their jobs well, but there are a lot of different things that PAs learn that I probably haven't even like, I've never even come across. Um, and the reason why is because PAs, they don't have specialties. So you know how I said I was a family nurse practitioner? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There isn't like a family PA. Um, there's only PAs. So PAs, okay. they learn everything. Um, but nurse practitioners, there's there are different um, directions that you can go. So I'm actually, when I first started my job, I actually thought I was really underqualified because um like I work in the hospital, but technically there's a route for nurse practitioners to work in the hospital. They have an acute care nurse practitioner. Mm. Um, and then, so there, I would say that the background and how PAs and nurse practitioners are taught is different. Okay. Um, but I would say like kind of the core material is the same Mm. and we kind of carry out our duties similarly. Like I, I work with a lot of PAs in the hospital and, um, we do the exact same thing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so like you, so you meant, uh, the main thing for me, from what I took from your explanation was basically the background of, of how you come to be where you're at is a little bit different. Yes. Okay. Um, so why, why an NP? Like, why did you switch from nursing to NP? Um, to be honest, I got bored. Um, <laughs> I'm like a woman of challenge and a woman of like constantly wanting to learn, constantly wanting to grow. Yeah. And I found myself feeling really limited in what I was doing. Mm. Um, and another thing, I had like kind of a mental breakdown. Um, my my year going into being a nurse. Um, basically what happened was I had a manager who screamed at me in the middle of a nurse's station for something that I didn't do. And, um, it really traumatized me. Like I, I realized how lowly nurses are, um, looked upon, like people see nurses in such a, in a way where we're just disposable. And, um, yeah, I just felt like there wasn't, there wasn't a level of respect that is given to nurses. And um, after that happened that night, I was looking for um, grad schools. Interesting. I did not know that. I mean, um, and I say that just because I know you on a personal level too. And Mm -hmm. I, um, first of all, I, I have had a nurse on the podcast before and I Mm -hmm. said the same thing to him. Um, You know, I have, thankfully I have not been sick you know, most of my life, but the encounters that I've had with nurses were all like during my, 
my after I gave birth. Yeah. And um I would tell them like as they were helping me, I'd be like, mm-hmm. This is a thankless job for you, isn't it? Like I would look I would look at them, I'm like, I just want you to know I am so <laughs> thankful for you. Like I wouldn't even been be able to walk to the the, the toilet if it weren't for you. You know what I no, mean? Like for real. For real. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I mean I they are extremely underappreciated. No, they um, are. Yeah. But I, I, for one, was like in that moment, I'm like, what would I have done? Like, you know, if yeah. you weren't here. Because like yeah. it's such a shame. Like for me, it's such a like I, I have every reason to be embarrassed of the situation where I'm so helpless. Yeah. Yet it's the nurses that were like, girl, like this is like you got this, this and yeah. I'm here to help you in your time of need. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for them, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and I was so, yeah. and they made it feel so like, um, not embarrassing. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you had a great experience. Um, I would say that I loved being a nurse. Like mm-hmm. I, it's not that I didn't enjoy being a nurse, but, um, it has become, and it's, I think the toxic culture of nursing actually got worse over COVID um, because it would be like, okay, uh, they would, I would get texts during COVID as when I was still a nurse, I would get texts from my manager or from like my charge nurse saying like, we'll pay you this amount of money if you can come in mm. and, um, and we'll buy you coffee or like, oh, we'll do this. And um, and they make you, they almost guilt trip you to think that like, if you don't come in, you're not helping your team members out. And if you don't dispose yourself and if you don't like come in for the extra hours and like everyone else suffers. And there's this like culture of, they just want your body. <laughs> they just want you yeah. to work yeah. that night or that day. And, yeah. and there's no level of respect given back. Um, wow. but I, I really did have a great experience as a nurse, um, but I did see a lot of that toxicity and the way that it affected a lot of my nursing friends as well. People who really struggled with um, the way that our manager saw them and um, like everyone around me struggled with anxiety. And I would say that 90% of the nurses that I encountered were um, either in counseling or was on an anti-anxiety medication or um, like had breakdowns. I legit, I think I helped like my coworkers, um, almost every single shift in the middle, like, because they were having a breakdown for some reason. And, um, and that's just kind of the culture of nursing. Like, it's just, that's just how it, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I would say that I had a pretty good experience, like I said, at my hospital, but, Um, like I said, I wanted to grow, I wanted to learn more and I wanted to be more effective as a healthcare provider. Like I, I wanted to be able to make my own decisions and I wanted to have greater autonomy so that I could have a greater impact on the patients that I was taking care of. Wow. That's amazing. So before I get into like what it, what it means to be an um, an MP and schooling and all that, could you tell me what a typical day for you looks like? I was like practicing this question <laughs> because it's so complicated, actually. Oh, I like complicated. Okay, I'm going to break it down. I okay. like legit. I like practice this. Okay, okay I'm so ready. In a month, I do four different rotations. 
So two weeks out of that month, I go to the hospital. Mm. One week out of that month, I go to the office. And one week out of that month, I go, I am on call. So uh, a typical day in the hospital starts with me um, first looking up all the patients that I have in the hospital. And depending on the hospital, I either go a little bit early or, um, and like try to, because there are some hospitals where I'm literally taking care of 15 to 20 patients that day. Mm -hmm. And it's insane. Like I genuinely think it's crazy when I get there. Um, But basically I get to work. I open up my, the computer. I look up all the patients. I look up their labs. I look up why they're here. I look up what our plan is. I look up their blood pressures, their vital signs, all that stuff. Um, so that I can have a general idea of what's going on with a patient so that if someone asks me what is going on, I can give them an answer. So my first thing is just kind of um, doing my research, making sure I know all the patients. And then, and I do this very quickly because the day starts off very quickly. Um, and then I uh, go round with my doctor. And sometimes I don't round with my doctor because the doctors are they can be in procedures or they could be in the office or um, they are just busy with a lot of other things. And I'm the one that kind of helps them the most in the hospital. Uh, so I look up all the patients, then I round and I go tell the patients, you know, how are you doing? What's been going on? Um, is there anything been going on through the night? Is there anything that you need? I kind of, that's kind of my time to get to know them, uh, find out what their needs are see if the family members need anything. And then after that, I will work on my discharges. Um, And all of this is kind of fluid. It can kind of happen throughout the day too. Uh, But I look through my list, see who needs to be discharged. Um, I work on those discharges, put those orders in. And then all throughout the day, if for some reason a patient comes in through the ER and um, they need cardiology services, sometimes I'll get admissions. Um, so basically a lot of my day is managing the patient's care, um, so that they're on the right medications. Um, I'm ordering the tests that they need to get done, like any diagnostic tests that need to be, need to get done. Um, kind of, uh, basically the way that I help the doctor is by knowing what, what's going on with the patient. Um, so during the rounding, when I'm with the doctor, that's kind of when I present the patient and I say, this is blah, blah, blah. This is what's going on. And this is the plan that we have. And this is, this is what we're working towards so that they can go home. Um, if they are a little bit more complicated, I, um, I usually don't like, I, I try to tell them, you know, what I think the plan should be, but, um, usually if they're a little bit more complicated, I kind of let them take the reins and talking to the patient and things like mm, that. Okay. Um, however, there are days when the doctor, I see the doctor for, 10 minutes and I'm alone the whole day, which is scary because, and that's why I said that, like, I felt underqualified when I first started because I didn't, I wasn't trained in the hospital. Like I wasn't, I worked in the hospital, which is why I felt like I knew what I was doing, like as a nurse, but I didn't learn certain things that you're supposed to learn as an advanced practice provider um, to be able to work in the hospital. Uh, for example, there are certain medications that I didn't learn. Um, there's some certain like IV drips and things like that, that I didn't learn. So, um, yeah, my hospital day can look very different each day, but that's kind of like the rundown that 
usually that's how it usually looks in the office. Um, it's, I basically work with the most busy doctor in the office and usually the most busy doctor in the office, um, can see up to 40 to 50 patients, which is insane. I like when that's I was doing clinicals. Yeah. When I was doing clinicals, like I work with, um, NPs and PAs and they would have like a max of 20 people in their office that day, which is still a lot. I would say, um, I would say like a good number is probably like 10 to 15. Um, but these doctors, they're like, they're so good. They, um, see, they literally see like up to 50 patients a day. That's crazy. And, um, so I work with the busiest doctor and I kind of just, um, if, if the doctor knows like the patient doesn't need as much, um, they kind of let me work independently and see the patient, make sure everything is okay, make sure they don't have any concerns and then, uh, set them up for follow-up appointments. And if they need labs or if they need, um, diagnostic tests or anything like that, I will, um, order those. So my role in the office is basically just seeing those outpatient, outpatient patients, um, on call. Like I said, I work from 5 PM to 8 AM and, um, I basically don't go into the office at all and, or, or the hospital at all. And I just stay at home. So during the day I can do whatever I want, which is great. And then right when 5 PM hits, I get, um, pages from like, it can be anywhere from, any nurse across all the hospitals that we work with um, who have issues with any of our patients, they can call me. Um, any patients that uh, see us in the office, if they like for some reason have a concern, they can call me. Um, oh if like, if the ED or if the ER, the emergency room at um, the hospitals that we're on call on, call because there's a ch- patient with like chest pain or one of our, one of our patients end up in the ER, they'll call me to admit that patient. Um, So my on-call weeks are great in the sense that I have my days off, but are really stressful because sometimes I'll be waking up at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And it's like, I just don't end up getting any sleep throughout the night. Um, So it's kind of a hit or miss. Sometimes sometimes it's a lot of calls and sometimes it's, uh, it's like three or four calls. Right. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) um you know how are you different than a doctor (laughs) (laughs) okay that it's funny because I knew you were gonna ask that question after I like explained all that too um we're very different and I would say I can function as a doctor in that way because I like have to know what's going on with the patient and I can prescribe and I can do x y and z but um, they know way more than me. Like they go through way more training than I do, especially like as, since I'm part of a cardiology practice, like I know, I know enough to be able to do my job well, but they know way more than me. Like they have read thousands of research articles. They know the evidence-based practice. They are like, they are well-versed in, they have like board certifications in cardiology. Mm -hmm. Um, So they see the whole picture of a patient way better than I can ever, like I can ever do. And what's really cool is that they're, um, I work with really amazing doctors in the sense that they are willing to teach me and they're willing to um, slow down for me. They're willing to like explain certain things to me, Mm. but 
sometimes it really just goes over my head and I have to ask them like three or four times Um, because there's just some things like I really, I've never even heard of. I've never like had to learn, um, especially when it comes to patients who are more complicated, who have um, multi-organ diseases and like just have a lot more things going on. Um, I definitely feel confident if like, if this, if a patient comes in and they if their only complaint is chest pain, like I know exactly what to do because, you know, there's like a protocol that we use and that we follow. Um, but then if they suddenly have chronic kidney disease and they, their blood pressures are bottoming out and their heart rate is like 180 and <laughs> their rhythm is messed up and they have heart failure. And it's like, at that point, like, yes, I could tell them, like, I could tell, I could tell them the medications that I think might be appropriate, but I don't think I would be confident enough to be like, I know enough to tell them what would be the best medication or what would be the best plan of care. I see. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And like, um, you know, you, I know you're a FNP, right? Like you said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so going to this cardiology office, um, did you have to like, study up on specifically this type of medicine then? So what was great was um, I was part of, I was on a cardiac unit before I became a cardiac nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. I was on a cardiac unit for five years. Um, So I actually knew a lot of stuff about, you know, what tests need to be done in the hospital for that patient population. But yes, I studied so much, <laughs> literally the week before I started, because I was very busy up to about a week before I started. I was just trying to take a break and I was trying to relax before I started this new job. And um, I remember a week, I just, I think I almost had a panic attack because I was like, man, I really don't know anything. <laughs> um, but I realized like, I mean, I, I've heard this a lot on your po- podcast, but like mm-hmm. you just learn as you go and you learn things on your job. Um, and the, the doctors that I work with, like I said, they, they're really amazing. Like one of my prerequisites in where I wanted to work was that I wanted doctors that would respect me as a nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. and that like, um, was willing to teach me and willing to, um, like work alongside of me. Um, because I've seen a lot of nurse practitioners and PAs be treated really poorly, um, by doctors. Um, so like I said, they're, they're really great in helping me learn, um, like what's the best, what's the best plan of care for certain patients. Um, but yeah, I studied a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, as you were saying earlier too, like, you know, you had, you, when you're talking about certain things with the other doctors at your office and, um, you have to have them repeat things sometimes for you. Um, You know, initially when you said that, honestly, what came to mind was like, oh, I wonder if that's annoying for them, you know, like as Mm -hmm. doctors. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, another side of it for me is like, well, why would it be annoying? Like you're just trying to help them do their job better. I feel like as kind of assisting them and aiding them in whatever help they need with their own patients too. So, um, and like cardiology too is like, it's a serious thing. Like, oh, so serious. You know? It's oh like, my goodness. So it's serious. so serious. It's not it's like, so serious. not like, I don't know. I mean, everything is serious, but it seems as though 
cardiac stuff would be more serious. <laughs> yeah, so much can go wrong. No, but they really are like a really great mm. group of doctors. So um, yeah, they never get annoyed. I've never seen any of them like talk back at me in a weird way or like, in fact, like I feel like they they encourage it. Like they want me to ask mm. as many questions as possible because it is true, like without me, it would be a mess. Right, like, right. Especially at the busier hospital that I work at, sometimes we can have up to 30 patients and like admissions and discharges um, all throughout the day. And if they're in procedures for like, there's this one doctor that I work with, he has cath procedures, which is one of the procedures that we do in the hospital. Um, sometimes he, ha- he has like eight of those procedures and it takes like an hour or like up from anywhere between like, 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get that procedure completed. So he could be gone all day and he wouldn't be knowing what's going on with all the patients in the hospital. Mm -hmm. He would, cause he has to focus on those procedures. So yes, like, um, I might not know everything, but I, I definitely help them get their work done well and well, like there are things that I look for that, they might not even look for, or I might be talking to the family members all day and they might not have even spoken to the family family members once because they're just so busy. Mm. Um, so I, I, I would say that like the reason why I became a nurse was to advocate for my patients. Um, but a reason why I became a nurse practitioner is the exact same mm. is because I can still advocate for them in a way where um, the doctors can care for the patients more effectively because I'm looking at a holistic picture of what's going on with them culturally, um, financially. Um, like I, I look up what their insurance is. I print out coupons for patients. Like none of these things would ever be done by a doctor because they just don't have time. It's not that they don't care. It's that they don't have enough bandwidth to like think about those details. Interesting. And those are also things that you wouldn't be able to do as a nurse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily have to ask those kinds of questions as a nurse um, because I don't, um, nurses don't really get to prescribe and things like that. You know, NP and PA and all um, these like A, what do you call it? APPs? Mm-hmm. APPs. Um, like, are, is this a fairly like new type of profession because I feel like I mean I don't know maybe again because I didn't go to the doctor very often as an Asian American but but like I just feel like you know those they weren't really in existence growing up or I didn't really hear these titles growing up um they aren't new but I do know specifically that um the number of NPs has significantly gone up I see okay yeah like in and the last, like, do you know? Like, I have no idea at no, all. It's okay. It's, <laughs> you don't have to know. It's just, yeah. I, you know, I know that I think I've just been hyper aware of it just because I, I am surrounded by a lot of nurses, like in my church community as well. Right. Um, so I am a little more aware of the MP profession. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, um, I've noticed even in my own, like, Let's t- my even my o- own OBGYN office, mm-hmm. right? Like there are more NPs um, now. Actually, I think 
maybe even the same amount as as doctors that mm-hmm. there are. And um, okay, I have a really like blunt and honest question for you, right? Yes. Like, uh, when I go in for my checkup, I'd rather see a doctor mm. if I'm honest, right? And like, but. You know, after talking to you and even, like, um, I had a midwife on as well. Like, we had the same discussion, right? It's like, you know, is it different? Like, you know, am I going to get a different type of care? And um, her, her from the midwife, her response was, it is different. You know, holistically, like you mentioned before, I they look at the, the holistic picture of the person instead of just the problem itself, which doctors sometimes don't have the bandwidth to do. Um, So what would you say to that? Like, do you get patients that are like, I want to hear it from a doctor. I don't want to hear it from you or. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, No. And I completely understand like from just knowing me, like if I had a cardiac issue and it was complicated, I wouldn't want to go to me either. Mm -hmm. Um, But and it's because I know my limitations and I wouldn't want to care for someone who is, who has really complicated heart disease. And there are a lot of different um, things going on. So a lot, a lot of times actually in the office, um, I actually just started an office, so I don't have my own patients and I will, I will never really have my own patients. Um, and the, the doctors in the office, they, they've been there for like 15 years. Like Mm -hmm. they, they know their patients so well. And I get so confused because they see, like I said, they see probably hundreds of people each week. Um, so those patients have been with those doctors for a really long time. And I get the question of like, Oh, is Dr. So-and-so going to come in after you? And I'm like, yes, don't worry. They're going (laughs) to say hi, but it's, but it's because they have a relationship, you know? Mm. Um, and I would say that like in those instances, my, the, the way that I can do my job well is by getting a good history on them. So when a patient comes in, like asking them the right questions, making sure, sure that there isn't anything like obvious going on that like needs to be addressed. Mm. And then like, um, making sure that they, they're on the right medications, like doing a really good job of asking them the right questions is, um, I feel like a huge part of my job. Mm. Um, and it is different. It's very different from a family nurse practitioner point of view versus being a, I'm sorry, being a nurse practitioner in primary care versus being a nurse practitioner in a cardiology group is very different. Like I would say I would feel uncomfortable practicing on my own as a cardiac nurse practitioner, just because again, I didn't specialize in cardiology. I don't have like this special degree in cardiology, nor did I go through like a board certification under cardiology. Mm. However, I am specialized in as a family nurse practitioner and my degree was geared towards primary care. So I would say that I would feel a lot more comfortable seeing my own patients in primary care because I'm more qualified to do so. I see. I see. Okay. So Um, if I was a primary care physician, I would say I would, um, like I would be comfortable going to a nurse practitioner for my primary, as my primary care physician, uh, one, because I don't have a lot of things going on, but even if I did, I think, uh, primary as a primary care physician, I think I would be able to, um, care for the patient well. And it just, it's just a matter of where you work and, 
yeah, how you carry out your job, but um, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. I like, I had no idea. So, like, for me, it's like I. I thought an MP would be closer to what a nurse would look like, but really it's not, I feel. It's just yeah, no. explanation. No, I think a lot of people think that way. And I mean, it's, I don't, I don't like to correct people only because I feel but like it'd should, be a long girl, winded. You should. <laughs> I just like, I feel like it would be a long winded answer. And actually I get the question of like, so what's the difference between a nurse and a nurse practitioner? And in my head, like that question comes from a place of like, oh, like, they probably just think it's the same thing. So, mm. yeah. But I basically just tell them like, it's similar to a PA because I think that those words are more um, yes. familiar to them. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So um, tell me about schooling. So like even, could you even, no. And now are all MPs, do they mostly start off as nurses? Like, do you need to go through that first? Yes. So you have to go through nursing school and you have to have a nursing degree to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. Um, so basically I, um, so do you want me to go through nursing and nurse practitioner or just nurse practitioner? Well, before we get into that, like, did you always know you wanted to be a nurse? No. (laughs) When did you decide that? So I knew I was good at science and math. Uh-huh. Um, because in high school I was like part of the math team and like the science on society. Pope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Selena went to the same high school, but I graduated way, way before early. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, I knew I was good at math and science. So I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field, but it's mostly because I knew I wanted to help people and it just felt like a right decision. I just didn't know what kind of healthcare professional I would be. Um, And then my freshman year of college, I was at a church and this um, woman that was a nurse at that church randomly just started talking about nursing. And she was like, oh, it's a bachelor's degree. Um, You can um, you can do it in two years. And I think you'd be good at it. And I literally took that and ran with it. I, um, I was at UGA, they don't have a UGA program. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry, I was at UGA, they don't have a nursing program. And I was like, I wanted to stay in UGA so badly, because I met my best friend there. And I met my community there. And I was like, you know, if I don't get into nursing school in the Athens campus for Augusta University, then I'm not going to go to nursing school. And they only accept 40 students. Um, And I applied and then I got in and then I became a nurse. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like, so maybe getting, so getting into school for you was a little bit like confirmation. You were like, if, if I don't get in, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to do something else. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I was like, <laughs> and honestly, I didn't know I would even like nursing until I became a nurse because I oh. feel like school is actually so different from the actual job. Okay. Interesting. So yeah. Can you tell me about nursing school then? Yeah. So like I said, I was at UGA and I finished my prerequisites at UGA. So it was basically like science classes. And um, I don't even remember. It was like a bunch of different prereqs. And then I took a test called the T's test, which is the test of essential academic skills. And to be honest, it's not that hard. It's like, it's, (laughs) it's basically like, you just kind of have to have a basic knowledge of science and math and things like that. 
Um, and then once you take that test, you can apply to nursing school. And then I applied to Augusta University, which is formerly called Medical College of Georgia. Um, and they have an Athens campus and an Augusta campus. And um, I got into the Athens campus like I wanted to. And they um, so they accept 200 students in that Augusta campus, and then they only accept 40 students in the Athens campus. Oh, so I really was like, if this doesn't work out, it's fine. I can just do something else. <laughs> and then, um, after you become a nurse or I'm sorry, after you graduate, you take the NCLEX, which is basically the boards for nursing. Okay. And then, um, you pass the boards and mm-hmm. you find a job or... Yes. So then you can do this thing called residency. It's very different from like doctor's residency. So don't get those two confused. Um, Residency for nursing is it's, it's basically to um, prep you or you're, you are still a nurse in residency, but um, good residency programs basically prepare you well to do your job. Well, like they'll, the residency program that I was part of, we went through classes like a heart monitor class or like a telemetry class, which is like basically learning how to read EKG strips and things like that. Um, uh, and then like how to pick up someone if they fall, <laughs> like things like that. Like they would help us with certain skills or they would help us like understand how the hospital works. Um, Cause when you're a nurse, you don't really know anything. You come in with some clinical experience, but honestly, I felt, I felt like I was prepared, but when I got there, I really wasn't that prepared. Mm. Um, so I went through a residency program for a year. Um, and then I, sorry, it's nor So it's normal for one to go one, through a resident re- residency program then. All yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. You don't have to, but it's highly recommended. I see. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Because it's, it's just so hard to transition from school to becoming a nurse, like immediately. Um, and like you get to get to know other new nurses and like talk to them about your experiences and have a support system. So it's actually really nice. Um, so I would say that a good residency program is actually really important. Um, and then I worked on the same unit for five years um, at Emory St. Joseph's Hospital and I was on the cardiac unit. And basically um, once I hit the two-year mark, that's when I applied to school and then got into school to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. So um, the test to get into NP school is called MAT, or you can do the GREs. So the MAT is um, Miller analogy test, which is what I opted to do because it was easier than a GRE. <laughs> oh, but you can, uh, so GRE is just a grad school. Test, yeah, you can right? just, you, you can, yeah, yeah. You can just do um, GRE. Okay. Okay. Um, and actually right now, I don't know why, but I actually, before our interview, I looked up GSU's website, which is where I went, Georgia State University, and they actually waive, you can waive your GRE or MAT if you have a 3.0 or higher from your um, bachelor's of science in nursing, um, oh, which what? <laughs> which I feel like they changed that because then I wouldn't have had to take the test. Right. Um, you would have definitely known that. Yeah, but I took the MAT, which is basically like a bunch of random analogies. I'm not really sure why it's even required, to be honest. Um, It has nothing to do with like patient care at all. (laughs) Um, And then after I got into NP school, it took me about two and a half years to finish. I did a part-time route because I was working full-time 
at I the see. hospital. Oh man, how did you manage that? I was struggling. <laughs> Um, by the end, I actually ended up going part-time, part-time because, um, I started doing clinicals and clinicals actually was really stressful, um, only because it took, it took a lot of my time. What are clinicals? Uh, so clinicals is basically like going into the field and following a nurse practitioner or APA and seeing what they do and kind of like, uh, learning how to write notes, learning how to, Mm -hmm. um, prescribe the right medications and things like that. Um, And so, like I said, I felt really underqualified with my degree because my program wanted me to only go to um, primary care physician, like uh, primary care offices, like family care offices. So I actually got a lot of experience in primary care and like zero experience in the hospital as an NP because I wasn't allowed to do rotations in the hospital because it wasn't part of my degree. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what clinicals are. And then, um, when I finished school, I took my FNP boards, um, and then passed. First time. Yeah. First time it was nerve wracking. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's awesome. Um, okay. So, um, MP school in itself, like you mentioned clinical at the end. Is that your last year? Um, no, it it's two, it's a two-year program. You said a three-year program. I'm sorry. It's two. I I went through it for two and a half years. Okay, okay. Um, but a normal program is two years, and then um, if you want to do it part time, is two and a half years. Okay. But what's great about the program that I was part of at Georgia State, if you want to be a nurse practitioner, I would highly recommend Georgia State only because they're cheap and um, they they have great professors mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's very flexible the way that you can do it. You can choose when you want to do certain classes. Um, you can go at your own pace. There was one semester I felt burnt out and I ended up only taking a class, um, which was completely fine. And I was able to kind of pick up the pace later on. Nice. Um, but it's normally nurse practitioner programs are two years. And then um, at Georgia State, you can kind of do it however long you want to. I see. So a lot of these classes are just like, I mean, is it like the same thing you learned in nursing school or how is it different? Um, so nursing, to be honest, I like blacked out in nursing school. <laughs> <laughs> nursing school, honestly, I feel like was way more stressful than NP school. Mm. Um, and the reason why is because when you're in nursing school, you don't know anything about right. anything. Right. Um, but as a NP, like, or in NP school, I already had like two and a half years under my belt as a nurse. And I was learning things in the hospital left and right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were things that I knew and I had already kind of, it was already, um, I had already learned so much. And so NP school was a better transition than nursing school, but MP school focuses a lot more on treatment and diagnosing, uh, while nursing school, they still go through those things, but it's not as heavily emphasized, Mm -hmm. um, like knowing which antibiotics is appropriate for what kind of infections and, um, what kind of heart medications are appropriate for certain kinds of heart diseases and things like that. Um, so there's definitely more of an emphasis on learning how to write 
um, notes and learning how to diagnose, learning how to treat, learning to assess the patient really well. Um, we spent a lot of time like uh, just learning how to do a head to toe assessment. Mm. And that was probably one of like one of my most intensive classes was like the assessment class and learning how to assess someone from the top bottom up or top down or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, like, do you ever, like as a nurse, like say your husband is sick or something, like do Uh you ever like (laughs) get tempted to like, I don't know, just diagnose him? Um, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, or do, do people come to you and like, Selena, what's wrong with me? <laughs> oh no, definitely. Definitely. What I think it will get worse as we get older, uh-huh. but because like most of the people around me are in their twenties to thirties, that's true. Um, there's not that much going on. Um, but actually Connor hates it when I try to like <laughs> do stuff like, like diagnose him or assess him or something. He doesn't really ever have anything going on. Um, but people do ask me questions if there's something going on. And okay. usually what I do is I just ask them questions about, you know, what the problem is and then guide them to, you know, is it appropriate for them to go to the urgent care or is it appropriate for them to go to the emergency room or like, can they just stay at home? That's kind of how I help them. I, see. Um, I can prescribe to them, but it's not like it's considered unethical um to prescribe to your friends and stuff like that but I know a lot of people who do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um by the way just a sidebar um Connor Chang is Selena's husband if you listen to the um digital marketing coordinator episode um so now I have both of them on but (laughs) yeah yay (laughs) power couple um so uh okay after you passed your fnp boards Mm -hmm. um how did you you know you like you mentioned um several times you know your uh specialty was in primary care Mm -hmm. Um, that's what you studied but then how in the world did you end up in cardiac um np then yeah um that's a good question so my co-worker became an FMP as well mm-hmm. and she got a job with this private practice I see and then I kept being like and we both worked in the cardiac unit together and I kept nudging her and telling her hey I'm about to finish school you better keep the <laughs> spot open for me I was being serious but I wasn't like gung-ho about it uh-huh, because uh-huh. honestly like I enjoy what I do, but I don't think this is going to be my like final destination. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually they needed another nurse practitioner. They used to only have three um, APPs and um, they, they, they actually started the office rotation because of me, because I joined their practice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they, it's because they needed a um, nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant to come into the office and things like that to relieve some of the workload of the doctors. And I, because she gave them a good word, I like didn't even go through an interview process. Um, This random doctor who I didn't even have their phone, his phone number (laughs) called me at 8 PM one night after I sent him, I sent him an email, just giving him my, um, my cover letter and my resume. And then like a couple of weeks later, he calls me. I still haven't finished school. Um, 
he calls me and he's like, Hey, is this Selena? And I'm like, yes. Um, and then he was like, basically explaining that he was one of the doctors and he basically just like wanted to get to know me and see what I enjoyed doing. Half the conversation wasn't even about healthcare. <laughs> um, he kind of just talked that we talked about our experience, like my experience and things like that. And then um, a week later, I get an email saying, Hey, do you want to come into our office? And I was like, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so I'm like, sure, I'll come in. And I thought it was an interview. So I like dressed really nice. I practiced like questions and stuff. They, their first question to me was, do you have any questions? (laughs) So like meaning like you got the job pretty much. Yeah. So they, they already had basically discussed with the other doctors like that they wanted to have me on board. And it was all literally by word of mouth because of my coworker. Wow. Wow. And um they just wanted to meet me get to know me and then obviously like if I was like I came in like wearing sweatpants and I was it looked like I wouldn't be a good fit then (laughs) they wouldn't have hired me um but I really didn't get an interview Mm. I um which is actually kind of crazy to me because I do so much for them (laughs) and I and it's such a high like uh stress job to be honest sure um and uh yeah they literally just asked me like what do you want to know about our practice like do you have any questions um they and then I got the job and then I started well to me it makes sense that the doctor when he called you you guys didn't really talk about healthcare much because I feel like you know from everything you've told me about being an MP as well, a lot of it is bedside manner, you know, like yeah. talking to the patient and, you know, can they ha- carry a conversation that's not sterile, you know, and that right, makes right. the patient feel comfortable. And right. um, I mean, I know that you would pass that with flying colors, so <laughs> it's not even a question. Um, but yeah, I mean, so is it, cha- I mean, you had a coworker that helped you get in the door, but is it challenging to find jobs as an MP out of school? Do you happen to know? Yeah, it's actually very challenging, mm. um, which is why I kept bugging my coworker. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, especially as a family nurse practitioner, I would say it's even harder. Why is um, that? I think it's because, well, it was because it was COVID when I graduated first, oh, right. first of all. So they weren't really hiring people. And two, um, I would say that I don't know the statistics, but I I hear a lot that the market is very saturated. Like there's a lot of nurse practitioners out there that are looking for jobs. Um, it's not like nursing where you have to have a nurse. Like, like we have to have nurses, but we don't have like, because you, like you said, like doctors can do our job. Mm. Um, so there isn't like this, like, you don't have to have a nurse practitioner. Like they did, like my cardiology group, they would have been fine without me. They actually, if I, if my coworker didn't um, ask if there were open positions and if she didn't ask about like me particularly and like presented me to them, I don't even think that they would have hired another nurse practitioner um, until later on. But because they were presented with the opportunity, they saw the needs of their um, organization or their company. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, well then this would be a good fit. Um, so I don't know. I, I think in primary care, it's pretty saturated, but maybe in the hospital, it might be a, a little bit more, 
little bit easier to find a job. Like okay. if you were hired with Emory or something like that, or like one of the Emory hospitals. Yeah. So, um, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned you, you, you wanted to switch also mainly because you weren't being challenged as a nurse. Do you mm. feel that, uh, the switch was a good one for you? Like, are you, are you feeling challenged? I mean, you mentioned that you are, but like, do you feel like this is kind of where you wanted to be after graduating as an MP? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of like, probably one of the best decisions I've made. Wow. Um, yeah. As a human. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. That's a big statement. Yeah. And the reason why is it's not necessarily that I didn't like nursing. Like I said, it's that I feel like I'm able to kind of, like I said before, advocate for my patient in an even more effective and um, bigger way, for lack of better words, like Mm -hmm. a bigger way, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think another thing is, is nursing is really, there's a huge toll on your body. Um, Mm. Like as a nurse, And I'm like the type of nurse that doesn't like to like leave things. Like if someone pooped their pants, like I'm going to be in their room ASAP. Like I'm not going to wait for my nurse tech to help me clean that patient up. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go in the room and get it done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, um, and then like there, and then like if a patient needs to go walking or something like that, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Like I, I want to get those things done. Mm -hmm. Um, so as a nurse, like I was always on my feet throughout the entire day and, um, just like doing a lot of back and forth things like a patient will call for orange juice. And like, of course there was some, there's some other people that can do that, whether it's like the secretary or like uh, the nurse tech, they can do those things. Um, But if someone asks for something, I like immediately get up and try to get it done. Um, So like I said, it was just a lot of like physical, it was a physical toll on my body. And sure. Yeah. And like, I, at that time I was working seven to seven and it's not really 12 hours. It's like 13 hours because you get there at like six 30 and then you leave at like seven 30. Um, so I struggled a lot with like feeling like I was missing out on dinner occasions and certain mm-hmm. kind of functions or whatever during the night, because I wouldn't get off till like seven 30 and I wouldn't be able to make it to certain places by eight. Sure. Um, And then on my days off, it didn't even feel like a day off. Like, you know how nurses, they work three days a week and they have four days off. Mm -hmm. Some days, like it didn't feel like a day off because your, your body is like recuperating and you have to like, you have to just lay in bed (laughs) for a really long time. And, um, and I do, I will say I do miss having four days off, but I do like my schedule a lot better now. Mm. And, um, in the sense of like challenge, I would say that nursing is still challenging, but in a different way. Right. And what I love, what I love about both professions is that you're going to learn every day, either way. And you're going to grow as a healthcare provider either way. Um, but there are certain things that I learned as an NP that I would never have learned as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate the complexities of certain medications and I can appreciate the complexities of different heart diseases and how to 
like I said, give patients the best care that they deserve and the best care that they need. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, man, I, it would be hard for me to say, I would appreciate the complexities of medication and (laughs) heart diseases, but, but I, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. I just feel like it, what you're saying is you're right where you need to be. Um, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to share this quote from the president of American Association of Nurse Practitioners because I feel like it really puts together well like the purpose of nurse practitioners. And I think that this really like um, helped me like understand what a nurse practitioner does. Um, basically she says, uh, Miss April, man, I don't know how to say her last name, Kapu. Um, she, or doctor, I think she might be, she might have her doctorate. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) yikes. Okay. Um, one of the the quote, man, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah. One of the key things and a big part of our basis of education is understanding that there's a whole lot that goes into patient making a choice to seek out healthcare. Mm. And a part of that is social determinants of health where they work, are they employed, where they live, their culture, their language, all these things need to be considered around this patient to ensure that they are getting regular healthcare. The very mission and philosophy of nursing is to protect, uh, provide safe, effective, equitable care across all areas to everyone and everywhere. And so um, she speaks, particularly what she's talking about is um, the reason why nurse practitioners are so important in our society is they actually, um, like for family nurse practitioners, they can actually um, practice on their own. And when when the amount of nurse practitioners increase, the availability and access to healthcare expands. And that's a huge reason why I wanted to be a nurse practitioner was so that Like I could be useful in areas where um, people don't have access to healthcare, Mm -hmm. where where we can educate people how to uh, prevent certain kinds of diseases and in places where people are uninsured and are not like educated in how to even take care of themselves physically. Um, And honestly, I'm not necessarily doing it right now because everything that I do is I just treat problems that are already there but my goal in the future is always going to be to um prevent those things and uh, advocate for populations as a whole rather than just an individual um coming into the hospital because they already have a problem yes no i mean i love that that's and that makes perfect sense to me too i mean even as you were uh, explaining some of the other stuff earlier and also when we were talking about how you were an aide to doctors because you mm-hmm. know more about the situation than mm-hmm. than someone else might like a whether it's an RN or anybody else um, I feel I felt like oh it, logically that makes sense if there are more nurse practitioners that mm-hmm. are educated to be able to do these types of jobs, not only does the healthcare, like like per, providing healthcare, get better for the patients, but also it seems as though the doctors should be more efficient as well. 
Yeah, for sure. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the, and then, you know, what comes to mind too is, um, you know, your trips to Uganda too, mm-hmm. um, the past year mm-hmm. and how you were able to be there as a nurse practitioner or a, were you a nurse practitioner at the time? Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I was new. So <laughs> honestly, it was kind of difficult for me to like really function well as a nurse practitioner, but I was still able to help. Right. So um, just sorry, if you don't know, Shalina, <laughs> which some, most of you might not know her. Um, she went to Uganda on missions uh, with a previous guest of mine, who is also my best friend, Christina Martinez, mm-hmm. um, with the Collective Effect. And, you know, she was able to, you know, see patients there, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And I feel like that's kind of around the realm of what you were speaking on just now, right? Like yeah. serving people groups, groups of people that in populations that don't necessarily have the opportunity to seek the medical attention that they might need. But you as mm-hmm. an MP can do that for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I, when I, you know, how I said I didn't really know why I wanted to become a nurse or like, mm. I just kind of jumped into it. Um, I would, every essay that I wrote in like nursing, um, like getting into nursing school, getting into NP school, all those things, um, every essay I wrote basically was about how nursing would always be a means for me to do mission work overseas. And, um, I think there was something, there was a part of it that felt glamorous and that felt like, oh, I'm saving the world. Um, and there's this like vision for me to do that. But um, there is a part of me that still feels that like still feels like being a nurse practitioner gives me greater autonomy to be able to have more say and be a more effective healthcare provider in those certain areas. Because as a nurse, like I wouldn't know how to treat the patient well. I wouldn't right. know how to like, right. I wouldn't know what medications that they need and what would be appropriate for them. But um, now I have this like, experience barely any experience I just started in May um under my belt um but I have like my degree as well that uh prepared me especially in the family nurse practitioner kind of realm um but yeah there's still part of me that feels like that's something that I want to pursue in the future but and honestly like being connected to Christina and being connected to the collective effect um, to be able to go to Uganda and have the opportunity to do that was uh, like, honestly, one of my dream come true. I'm going to (laughs) cry. You guys, so just some background too. Like, um, I've known Selena since she was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. And so like for me too, I'm just like, I mean, not just you. I've had other guests on that I've known just as long as I've known you. Um, and yeah. you guys are truly like impacting and changing the world. And it is such <laughs> like it brings me so much joy, right? To just watch, watch it all unfold. Mm-hmm. And just for you guys to carry out your visions and things like that in a way that mm-hmm. is so meaningful and so purposeful. Um, speaking of purpose, um, I was like on your Instagram the other day and I noticed, um, what is the Asian care unit? What is that? Oh, it's so one of my friends, um, she's her Instagram handle is nurse Clara. Um, she, oh, she's like famous. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, no, this is why, okay, just, again, little side note, this is Uh how I know she's being, I didn't, I didn't really know who she was, honestly, Um, but I have, um, I went to school in California, and Mm -hmm. then I have friends 
who follow her because oh, wow. of her, um, like, and I think in the beginning it was more of like a physical regimen. Like she was like, mm-hmm. she for yeah. physical health or something. Right, she started right. the Instagram handle. Yes, and yes. um, so and then my friend was on the same kind of physical health journey, and oh, so she wow. started following her. Yeah. and like she was like, oh my gosh, doesn't she live in Atlanta? I'm like, I don't know. Like, does she? Yeah, she- <laughs> but like, that's cool. And then yeah, and then yeah, I looked yeah. her up and I was like, oh my gosh, she is from Atlanta. Like that's that's yeah. really neat. But anyways, yeah. Okay, so she started this. Yeah. So I'm pretty close friends with her um, because when she actually wanted to become a nurse and when she went into NP school as well, I was kind of helping her and um, I told her how much I love Georgia State. So she actually goes to Georgia State now as well. But um, so basically the Asian care unit is just something, it's a Instagram that nurse Clara had created. Basically it's a platform for Asian Americans to um, connect with each other, to network and to support one another. That's kind of like the basic, uh, basic what, what it's about. Yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, is there a need for that as Asian Americans? Definitely. Um, I feel like, I think that, um, like, if you just look at the Instagram people out there or the people that kind of show up at the forefront of, like, nursing accounts and things like that, um, I think recently we have seen, like, an influx of diversity in mm-hmm. um, in the Asian American community or, like, in uh, representing the Asian American community. And I think it's, I think in healthcare, I've actually worked with a lot of Asian Asians and Asian Americans. Um, but I would say that 90% of the people in higher ups are not persons of color. Mm. Um, I do think that it has gotten better. Like my boss was actually a person of color when I was a nurse, when I was a nurse, but I would say even the people higher up from that, um, I don't think I, I can't even remember one person of color. Um, so it's really interesting. So I, I do think that like Asian American representation in the healthcare field is important, but also for us to like support one another and support our stories and how we got there. And, um, and I think that's, I think that that is important in any, any place that you work, any company that you work in, in any field that you work in, like um, the representation of your culture and Uh, who you are and why you're important and what what you bring to the table Mm -hmm. because I think I honestly think that what's actually really cool about the cardiology group that I work with um there it's like all persons of color there's actually like it's so diverse it's actually kind of crazy um and but I would say that like even in healthcare like me approaching um people in Atlanta like I would say Atlanta is a pretty diverse city and me being a person of color, I can understand and talk to someone who is a person of color in a way that maybe someone else can't. Yeah. And I can understand a part of their story in a way that someone else can't. And I'm not saying I understand everything, but the, I come from a lens that um, has compassion for the immigrant experience. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um so I think we're coming up on our time together, Selena. And I usually ask people, like, towards the end, you know, um, if they have any advice, you know, like, life advice or 
I guess in particular, you know, if do you, if you have any advice for somebody listening that um, being an NP or pursuing a career as a nurse um, is something that they're interested in, um, do you have mm. any advice for them? Hmm. I knew you were going to ask this, but I don't think I really thought about this. Um, But one thing that comes to mind is I think it's, especially when you um, first become a nurse and first become a nurse practitioner to just remember that you don't have to have all the right answers. And I think a lot of providers or nurses or nurse practitioners or whatever field you are in healthcare or anywhere really like I think it's important to remember that everyone is learning and everyone is growing in their season and rather than messing up later on because you wanted to show that you knew the answers um, rather than doing that like reminding yourself that it's okay to constantly be a learner and Mm. um and that like mistakes are also okay like it's kind of hard for me to say that in healthcare because it can potentially um lead to poor healthcare outcomes but or poor patient outcomes but at the same time like everyone is human and that's how we grow and I've made mistakes and um thankfully it hasn't cost anyone's life um but I think that it's, I think it's, it's a good reminder to remember that we're all human and um, you have to ask questions and you have to know your limitations and um, also just be willing to listen and to be teachable and um, yeah. And also like, I appreciate the forever learner, like to want to learn and be willing to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, for sure. Like, I feel like a humble attitude goes a lot further um, yeah. than one that pretends to know it all and have it together, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I and I've talked about this, and I'm sure you've heard it on the podcast too. Like, you know, there is this like, uh, what is what do they call that? Selena? imposter syndrome. Is that what oh. they call it? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we've all been there. I feel for like. sure, and. Um, but sometimes it's just easier to like let your guard down and be like, Hey, look, I'm not even going to pretend I know what I'm doing right now, you know? And like you said, being a, just a forever learner. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Learning that as a mom as well, you know, being a forever learner. (laughs) Literally the first three months of my new job, I kept telling my friends, like, I just feel, I really feel like I'm an imposter. Like, I really feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And um, I was actually really discouraged in the beginning um, because I would get calls from doctors in the ER and they don't know that I'm new and they're, they're, I'm not technically under their like umbrella and their care. So sometimes I would get like really mean remarks from um, doctors that I have, like, I don't know anything about. And, um, and it's just because I didn't know what to do and I didn't have the right answers. And um, that like feeling of being an imposter was like weighed really heavy on my shoulders. And I got the Sunday scaries like every Sunday, like I felt like I couldn't function on that Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had to get through the day, but 
Oh man, it was like really difficult in the beginning, um, especially because in the hospital, like I, it's like you hit the ground running and yeah, um, yeah it, it was a sharp learning curve and I still feel like I'm on that learning curve now. Mm. And I, cause I haven't really hit six months in my new job. Mm. Forever learner. Yeah. Man. Well, Selena, was there anything else that maybe you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about or we didn't talk about? Mm, I think um, like I one of the I wanted to kind of discuss like also my least favorite part of the job oh yes sorry I I didn't ask that I always no, ask like that. I it's because I just <laughs> as I was talking about the imposter syndrome part and like the um I remember that um because I would say that my least favorite part of the job is the on-call part when I'm talking to the emergency room doctors because um it like I would be it would be like 3 a.m and I don't know anything about the patient and they're kind of just like talking to me about the patient and sometimes they don't even give me a lot of details um but I have to make the decision of like should I admit this patient should this patient stay in the hospital um, what procedures should this patient have and all these things. And if I don't, if the ER doc doesn't agree with me, uh, a five minute conversation can turn into an hour long, like dispute on whether or not they agree with me and it's happened. And it's like really stressful. And, um, and like, also I only call the doctor when I don't know what to do. Um, or when I like, when something's questionable. So I like hate, having to call the doctor in the right. middle of the night because like, I don't want to bother them. That's why I'm there. Um, but obviously like if there's something wrong, I have to, I have to call them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say like, that's probably my least favorite part of the job is like, Oh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like to think about like for me, because yeah. So they're calling you to see what to do with this patient that has possibly a cardiac thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make some really big decisions. No, for real. I do. <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, there's some like very black and white situations where I'm okay. like, oh, for sure. Like we'll take care of this patient. Yeah. Then there are some patients where it's like, wow, like I don't really know, you know, what would be the best plan of care for this patient. Um, and when it's black and white, like I'm like, great, well, I can go back to sleep. <laughs> um yeah, but in the flip side of things, like I would say that my favorite part of the job is just seeing, um, like, honestly, educating the patients and seeing them understand why what's going on with them mm-hmm. and how to so that they can know how to better take care of themselves, um, like seeing their seeing them really understand it, like, as they're like nodding their heads yes. and like, they're really like, they really want to take care of themselves well, and they know exactly what to do when they get home, like, that's what gives me life is knowing that like what I said and how we took care of them is, is going to impact them when they go home. Yes, absolutely. I feel you on that. Like just that investment that you're making too has returned and it's like, feels good. I mean, like, you know, as somebody that, um, I mean, like as if I used to be a figure skating coach, right. And Uh so it's like when things start to click in people's head Uh and it's like, and then they they do something about it once they mm-hmm. understand it. I so I resonate with what you're saying. Yeah. That makes sense. That that would be a, a positive for me too. Yeah. Um. Okay. 
Yeah, that's, that's awesome. it though. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, Selena, thank you. I feel like we could probably talk more, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll save that for somebody that maybe is interested in learning more about what it is that you do. And um, would you be okay with them contacting you if they had more questions? Yes, definitely. Bring them on. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, if you have any more questions about being a nurse or an NP, please, please do not hesitate to contact me. I can connect you with Selena. She is a great, great resource. Um, you can uh, email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com or you can DM me through social media. Selena, thank you so much again. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, guys. Until next time. Peace.